Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hey now. hey now. Welcome to After 9. It is, uh, hi, we're Scott, Kat. We do this every day. We talk about the big pressing issues of the day. Big pressing so, issues. <laughs> some of them important, some of them bullshit, but whatever, we just squeeze them all in here. Uh, so thank you for downloading. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button and future episodes will come to you automatically. It's season five, episode three. Okay, you ready to jump into it? Let's do it. All right. Did you watch the French language debate last night? What is French for fuck no? <laughs> no, I didn't. Honestly, I, uh, I, I, I probably wouldn't. The English language debate, I will, I will probably check in and out of. I'll see the highlights of at the least. But I didn't take the time to do it. What came out of it yesterday anyway? All right. So in a nutshell, and it's funny because... We have such a left-wing media in this country, and it's so fucking frustrating. Like, I'm, I'm reading a series of tweets here from Chantelle Hébert, and, and she's like, well, for what it's worth, the Quebec media this morning says that Justin Trudeau had a great night, and the commission that puts these events on has come up with a format that seems designed to kill debate rather than foster it. Did not. Chantelle, I mean, how much more obvious could you make it that you're in the tank for Trudeau the guy got slaughtered it it was really bad cat I mean every single leader at every single turn took the opportunity to point out that we should not be having an election right now and still I haven't heard the prime minister explain why we are other than Canadians deserve to have their say okay well Canadians are having their say and that gets you all pissed off too because you won't actually talk to them so they have to shout outside your news conferences to try and get you to listen yeah. No, the prime minister did not have a good night last night. It was fucking awful. But here's the other thing. In an ongoing effort to try and salvage this guy's job for him, the left-wing media is again going to fixate on what happened after the debate to distract from the fact that the actual debate was a gong show for the prime minister because he got into it with a reporter from Rebel News and, and said that they're spreading misinformation and blah, blah, blah. I don't follow Rebel News. I I don't subscribe to it. I don't follow them. I don't pay any attention to them at all because it's not my thing. But, I mean, that's a little too far right for me if you want to know. But nonetheless, uh, the fact that he called out Rebel News, I I don't know why that's the headline when actual issues got discussed last night. So, I mean, if you're one of those reporters that's just toeing the line, take his dick out of your mouth for a minute, please. And be honest and objective. It was not a good night for the prime minister. It's funny. Out of all of the things that happened, that's the one thing I did see was the rebel news. And first of all, did they set themselves up for that? I think they kind of did. That, yeah. Like what? But and then they're sharing it like crazy, as if it was a good thing. Like people think that he roasted you. Like they're actually giving him some points for saying what needed to be said about them. I think. Yeah. So I don't. I think it just makes them look bad. I was really confused by that. I'm like, why would you a set yourself up for failure because you know he was ready. He was ready for a response. 
to, to give you a response no matter what question you asked him. And, and and second of all, why would you post it all over your own social media? You basically getting shit on by Trudeau. I don't understand it. I, I don't either. Uh, <clears throat> it, it was a good rebuttal, and I'm sure that there's people who are in the center and on the left who are going to love that he did that. People on the – well, some people on the right, not all of us, but some on the right – are going to be uh, defensive of of Rebel News because they honestly believe that Rebel is a media source that's telling you the truth and everybody else in the world is lying to you. So, I mean, take it for what it is. It's just frustrating that the prime minister can, honest to God, get lit on fire by four other national party leaders in one night, absolutely roasted by all of them. And that's not the headline. The headline is, a scrum question about a fringe news outlet on the right. And the prime minister said the right things. Uh, you know what? Tonight's the English debate. We'll see how that goes. This is the last chance for Aaron O'Toole. I mean, he's done if he doesn't have a good performance tonight, barring anything crazy happening. Um, O'Toole's got to step up and he's really got to explain a few things like, okay, Trudeau's here, right or wrong, dangling $10 a day childcare. He's been doing that for the liberals have been doing this, what, for 30 years, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Or is it 30 years they were promising dental care and never delivered that either? I don't remember. But anyway, I mean, this is something they've been promising for a while, but now they swear they're serious. Oh, no, no, no for sure this time. Ten dollar a day child care. Well, all right. Well, that's what's in front of people right now. Uh, now the conservatives have to explain why it's better to get a tax cut or a a rebate on your taxes as opposed to paying $10 a day out of pocket. I don't know if this $10 a day childcare thing is legit or I, not. It seems I, not I don't know legit. what kind of care you're going to be getting for $10, but uh, what the caps on cohorts is going to be. But uh, this is what they say, $10 a day childcare. And that seems to have people pretty excited. And sure. maybe that'll do something for the prime minister. Maybe it'll work for him. I still think he's going to win. I just don't think he's going to get that majority that he wants. And and it's all up to Aaron O'Toole and Maxime Bernier. Bernier wasn't at the debate last night. He wasn't allowed to participate, have a voice in the conversation, but he's stealing votes away from O'Toole. I mean, basically, if you want to get rid of Trudeau, there's one option. There's only one person who can beat him, and it's Aaron O'Toole. But he's going to lose a lot of votes to the PPC, the People's Party of Canada, and that's probably going to cost him the election. And that's what Bernier wanted all along when he founded that party. He knew that would happen, and that's what he wanted. So this is where we are now. Uh, Sad, by the way. Can I just mention, because you mentioned the $10 a day uh, childcare, and that's what shows up on my feed a lot of the time uh, is that promise. But don't people mostly know whenever something like that pops up, it's it's bullshit? Like, I feel like everyone in the back of their minds knows it's not really going to go down like this, but they'll still share it anyway. Oh, yeah. And it's frustrating. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I'm actually hearing from a lot of people lately, uh, friends included, who have messaged me and they want to talk about some of these campaign issues. And they say, that's all well and good that it's going to be $10 a day childcare. But I mean, I had to pay for my kids childcare. Uh, my wife had to stay home or uh, we had to take a pat leave and a mat leave to take care of our kids and so on and so forth. And they had to make it work. And they're a little bit resentful of the fact sure. that now... The government is basically going to pay for everything no, when it, it comes to your kids. God, and it's so it's just so stupid, though, because if you really think about it, I don't like I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. There's so many other issues that we need to figure out. And that's an important one, too. Don't get me wrong. But there's so many variables to that. Like, OK, so how much are you paying the people that are caring for our kids and how many kids are going to or how many people are going to be employed to care for these children? What's that going to look like? 
is something going to take a hit because of it? It just doesn't seem right to me. Is it $10 for everybody, regardless of your income, or is $10 just the bare minimum that some people will pay? This is what I mean when you give these kind of promises where you don't have to give details because nothing is set in stone yet. You don't have to give those details because you even probably know it's going to be horseshit or you're going to have to, um, you know, much like a, a subsidy, which I'm, I'm so glad that they have, you know, you're going to have to qualify potentially, right? Like, do we even know that for sure? I have no details on this. Yeah, this is what I mean. We don't we lack details. So all you see is a headline. And this happens time and time again, no matter what we're talking about. Uh, It it happens. And then it's failed continuously over and over again. Different different areas. Maybe it's a health care. Maybe it's about child care. Whatever it is. These it's just like somebody fucking dreamed it up and they thought, yeah, just pretend and say that shit. Nobody's going to ask questions. Or if they do, then we'll just say, oh, yeah, we'll we'll outline a plan. There's a plan. Yeah. Exactly, Kat. You're absolutely right. Spot on. I mean, I think most people hear that and think, oh, let's sort through the bullshit and see what the actual plan is. Uh, The tax cut thing from O'Toole, I don't know if that's it. I don't know if that's the make or break issue. What I'm hearing from people is anger. People are very fucking angry about the fact that we're in a fourth wave, the fact that the borders are now wide open for anybody who wants to come, the fact that uh, there's vaccine passports coming, and the fact that Trudeau is pitting people against each other really doubling down on this vaccination stuff and you know i don't know if aaron o'toole is right or if justin trudeau is wrong but i was pretty impressed again last night by jugmeet singh and he again is so good at just being relatable and talking like an everyday person and even he said yesterday listen what justin is doing here is fucking wrong he should not be pitting everybody against each other. We should be working together. We should be going to these people that are vaccine hesitant or that flat out refuse. Let's find out why. And let's find out if there's a compromise, if we can work together. And to be honest with you, I kind of wish we would, because one of the things that came out yesterday and it got buried because people were talking about the debate was somebody finally answered the question. How much does it cost to treat a COVID patient? The cost is insane. The Canadian Institute for Health Information says the average cost for a patient being treated for COVID in hospital is $23,000, four times higher than a patient with influenza. We don't still have influenza anymore, do we? <laughs> well, that's I thought we the got thing rid of is, that last year. Yeah, well, that's the thing <laughs> is when you take that into account, I don't know how many, now that's it, I don't know how many were hospitalized with influenza to begin with. But if you take out the amount of people who did have influenza or were hospitalized with influenza, but now weren't, and maybe or maybe not hospitalized with COVID, who knows, right? But when you take that out of the equation, you wonder, I mean, when you just see that amount, and don't get me wrong, that's not good. Like, that's not a good thing. But how much was, I don't even like to use this term, but I'll do it just so that you guys understand what I mean. But how much money was saved based on people who didn't get sick because of all those protocols in place with influenza and other things? Right. Yeah. If you see I it mean, that way, if you think about it that way, I think that we quote unquote saved. That's a, might be a shitty way to put it. And I apologize. It's probably poor wording, but we probably saved money there for people not getting sick with other things because of the social distancing and all the things that are in place because of covid that probably should have been in place around cold and flu season. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So the average cost, twenty three thousand dollars, the average cost for a patient in the intensive care unit. Mm-hmm. Fifty thousand dollars. Compare that to an average of $8,000 for someone who's got pneumonia. 
because they don't spend as long in hospital. Mm. They say the report covers data from January 2020 through March 2021, but does not include doctor's fees. You mean to tell me that for the average COVID ICU patient, it's $50,000 and that doesn't even include the cost of the staff? Are you fucking kidding me? Hey, how do you feel about the hot take? And I've seen this floating around since basically COVID began about not following protocols. And now I'm seeing it based on vaccination status. How do you feel about the hot take that if you are admitted to the ICU with COVID and you did not get a vaccine, even though you're eligible to, you got to pay that bill? I mean, as always, once again, there is a compromise here because I understand that. But listen, guys, I mean, if you're really towing the line of, oh, if you don't get vaccinated, you shouldn't have health care. You should have to pay the bill. I mean, there's a lot of people who can't. A lot of people who are not vaccinated are also from marginalized communities. And even if we did stick them with a bill for 50 grand, they're never going to pay it anyway. So it's not like it's money in the bank. It's not like it's saving us a ton of money. But again, there is a compromise here. We have a universal health care system that takes care of you no matter what thing you did. Whether you got stuck on the fucking Scarborough bluffs because you wanted to take a better selfie or you went boating drunk and fell off the dock and hit your head or you uh, are a smoker for life and, and need a lung transplant. We take care of you no matter what you do. That's our universal health care system. Now, with this specifically, when we've all been warned about the clear and present danger of COVID, when there is a reasonable alternative there in the vaccines, mm, I don't necessarily think it's a bad idea to have a discussion and educate people about how much it's costing. Maybe they should see what their personal share of it was. I think people would be much more responsible with our healthcare system if they did get a bill. You wouldn't have to pay it. But maybe the hospital should be sending out statements. You know, when you went in because you cut your finger and needed two stitches? Okay. I mean, the cost to the taxpayers on that was probably about 250 bucks. When you needed a, an MRI or an X-ray because you did something dumb, no, the bill down that was uh, $4,000. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pay it. But maybe if people understood how much things actually cost, they wouldn't run to the ER every time they get the sniffles. And maybe they wouldn't do oh, things that are going to put them in a dangerous situation. They 100% wouldn't. Like, that's that's a fact. There are people that go there. And my, my sister worked in the ER for many years when she first uh, became a nurse. That's kind of where she started, just to kind of learn the ropes, because you really do learn a lot when you're in the ER. You get just about anything and everything you can imagine. And when she did it, she said it was incredible the amount of people that there would be on a consistent basis in there for stupid fucking reasons, okay? But... Isn't it interesting that on a holiday, for example, hmm, it was very empty because it's a holiday and they have shit going on. But any other day they got the sniffles, they're going in because it's free in their mind, even though, yeah, we're all paying for it. So people have a it it all depends who you talk to. And I know there's people who really do suffer from hypochondria. Okay, but it's it's really, really sad. And if you did see a bill, maybe you didn't have to pay it. But if you did see that bill, 
then maybe it would open some people's eyes. I still think there's going to be a good percentage of the population that aren't going to give a shit, but it will probably open people's eyes. It's amazing to me. I was hospitalized twice with my kids because I had a C-section both times, so I had to stay in the hospital for a few days. I didn't necessarily see a bill for that. However, I opted to get a private room. So that did cost money, and my insurance provider covered some of it, but I did get a bill for the remaining amount. And even seeing that made me go, Oh shit, that was a couple hundred dollars for me to stay a couple nights. That's nothing. It probably costs thousands and thousands. I think we all know that. But yeah. I only saw a bill for a couple hundred and I thought, oh, dang, okay, all right. I, I mean, I, was, I would do it again and again and again. Don't get me wrong. But if you actually saw a bill, I think it would change your mind on the way, maybe, maybe or maybe not the way you live, but definitely the way you treat healthcare workers. They might, that might improve, I yeah. think. You know, it could change a lot of things. I don't see it as being a bad thing, even if, like I said, we saw it, we didn't necessarily have to pay it. But hey, just so you're aware, what you just came in here for, what you did, this is how much it cost. Uh, Back to my compromise for just a sec, because it occurred to me I didn't finish my thought on that. When it comes to the compromise, no, I don't think we should stick anybody with a bill because they opted to not get a COVID vaccine. Everyone still has that right to not get it. I wish they would, but they have a right to not. But where I do think that there is an opportunity is in the amount of money that we are spending on these tests. And given that the vaccine passports are two weeks away in Ontario anyway, and uh, already in place in Quebec and B.C., I believe, given that that's the case, but you can get around the vaccine passport in some cases with producing a negative test, uh, maybe it is time to start charging people for tests. If you're one of the teachers, for example, who opted not to get the vaccine, you'll just take regular testing to keep going to work every day. Maybe those shouldn't be free at the drugstore. Maybe you should have to pay even half the cost. 20 bucks a pop, 25 bucks a pop, an extra 50 bucks a week. Maybe that's incentive for people. Listen, I want people to get tested if they're sick, but it seems like there's not a lot of people getting tested because there's not a lot of upside to getting tested right now. Yeah, you'll know one way or the other if you have it or don't. But if you do have it, get ready for a real fucking rigmarole. Oh, you got to self-isolate. Oh, we're going to phone everybody you know, everybody that you've had contact with. It's a real pain in the ass when you actually test positive. So I'm not really surprised there's less people getting tested unless they absolutely have to for work purposes. Either way, uh, something's got to give here, and the debate is not going to die down anytime soon when it comes to this shit. And as these passports get closer especially when they first kick in. It'll be after the election when they kick in on the 22nd. But I think it's going to get real fucking rowdy, Cat. I think that there's a lot of good people who are going to be put in a bad situation at the end of this month. People who are a hostess at Montana's that are going to get cursed out because they have to tell somebody they can't come in because they don't have the right paperwork. Shit like that, mm-hmm. it's going to happen. Sure it is. And I hate that it's going to happen, but we know it's going to happen. Yep. Unfortunately, it really will. And again, it's too late then. The election is over at that point. So that's why I'm not really all that upset with those people that are yelling behind the prime minister. He was the one who said he wanted to hear from Canadians. Well, you're hearing it. You're hearing it loud and clear. You're just choosing to ignore those people, even though you said you wanted to hear from them. Let's move on to a couple of other things that are happening. Uh, Bill Gates has now made another investment into Canada. He is now the owner of a controlling interest in the Four Seasons Hotel. You know, when I first read that headline this morning, I don't know if I was like just fucking tired or what, but it said Bill Gates now in control of the Four Seasons. And I thought he made a weather machine. What the fuck? 
The Four Seasons Hotel, everybody. It goes through the chip, Scott. Don't you know how it works? Oh, that's right. The the one that he implanted in me? Yes. Through the chip that he implanted, he can change the weather patterns. Duh. I wonder why he wants it. I mean, the Four Seasons is nice, and it is a Toronto-based company. He now controls 121 hotels and resorts and 46 residential properties in 47 different countries. I don't know, man. If I was rich... That would seem like a great idea because I assume if you want to stay anywhere, you stay there you stay there free. I mean, you're Bill Gates. You're not worried about money. But you stay there, accommodations taken care of in many locations. I mean, you just mentioned it. There's a ton of different locations to go to. So I don't know. Why not? And this is a weird time, mind you. Like the hotel industry isn't necessarily a booming. But now might be actually a perfect time to get on it in the hopes that, and let's all hope, that things do improve and people are traveling a shit ton come this time next year or or whatever. So maybe it's maybe it's a smart move. Maybe he just has so much money that he's just like signed off on it and he f- f- forgot all about it. I feel like that could be a thing too. Like shit just crosses his desk and he's like, yeah, I could do that, I guess. I don't know. What is that? How much is that? $2.21 billion dollars US. $2.21 billion. Yeah. yeah. Fuck, I guess so. Yeah. All right. Sign off on it like nothing. Whole Foods has announced that stores opening next year will not include cashiers. Amazon, which owns Whole Foods, says it is bringing cashierless technology to two Whole Foods stores for the first time. It lets you grab what you need and then just walk out of the store without having to open your wallet. They say one will be in Washington, D.C., the other in Sherman Oaks, California, very ritzy area. Cameras and sensors are going to track what you take off the shelf and items will be charged to your Amazon account As you leave the store with them, self-checkout lanes will be available for those who want to use cash, gift cards, and other types of payments. I'm trying to figure out what could go wrong here. It seems pretty legit. I just didn't realize they could tell, oh, fuck, he took that, uh, he took a Fiji pair instead of an Ontario pair. Those ones are a buck 99 a pound instead of a dollar 69 a pound. I don't know how it's going to tell that sort of shit if you don't actually scan a barcode. Seems like good technology, though, no? Yeah, that's. It seems like super sensitive technology, and and as long as it works, then okay. If you're on the, if you're on the go, and that's really, I mean, if you're Whole Food, if you're going to Whole Foods, you're not necessarily doing a full grocery shop, right? When, no. when it comes Who can to afford that, yeah. When it comes to Whole Foods, you're zipping in for a few items, and you're usually in a hurry. That's what I find with places like that, smaller marketplace is right. I find that that that's what it really is for. So this is really quick and efficient. And if you don't have to stop down for someone and if it works well, then okay. I, uh, I see that as dangerous. I mean, me, when I'm pulling out my wallet, especially when I'm pulling it out multiple times in a day, I become very aware of how much I'm spending. Like, fuck, my debit card again. This is like the eighth time I've used it today. When you aren't even pulling out your debit yeah, card yeah. or using your Apple Pay on your phone anymore, you're just grabbing it and leaving. It's real easy to lose track of how much you're spending. And in the moment, you think it's fine to purchase a peeled orange inside a plastic container for $8. You think, yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> Until you really see a receipt for that. And then you go, what the fuck was I thinking? Speaking of phones. One in four now say their phone is their most important possession. That's about two in five people say their phone is the most important thing they own. You know, there was a time when I would have rolled my eyes hard at that. But as I think about it, if I lost everything, 
I'd be okay if I still had my phone. I lost my wallet earlier this summer, but I still had my phone, and that allowed me to pay for things until my replacement debit card came in. It in, it allowed me to uh, still have my vaccine receipt. I mean, all that shit is on my phone. So, yeah, in a way, I don't even really disagree with this. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you with what you're saying, because... I would have said the same thing as you, and I probably would have rolled my eyes. Uh, I don't know, even five years ago, I probably would have said, come on, losers. But the truth is, everything is in your phone now. I, with a click of a button, I get to my bank. I can look at my photos. I can send my photos. I can connect with everybody on every level. I've got my insurance information on here. I've got my calendar. Everything that helps me move through the day is on my phone. So, yeah, it kind of is, I think, one of my most important possessions. Let's talk about uh, what's happening tonight. Football is back. It is back tonight. If you're in a football pool, get your picks in, everybody, because the NFL season is ready to go. Dallas Cowboys, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions tonight. Kicking mm-hmm. off the new season. Dun, da, da. I don't know. Maybe it's a little low key. Maybe people are nervous that the season isn't going to finish. I don't know what it is, but there's not a ton of hype over football season this year. You don't think so? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I don't... not feeling it yet. I mean, maybe tonight will be a little yeah. bit different, but maybe it's because we've got this election and a pandemic going on. It just seems like people aren't as into it as they typically would be. Yeah. I mean, they managed to make last season work, by the way. So if they did that, then then that's good. I think, don't forget, last year we didn't have very much, so it did seem more of a highlight because we had a lot less going on even locally, right? Even your local hockey team, your local OHL league or whatever league that you follow in different sports weren't happening at all last year. But now they're also ramping up again. So maybe because you kind of have like a, an even, maybe not an even spread, but a spread of different things to talk about and look forward to in a season, hockey included, maybe that's why. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that it's going to be as popular as it always was. It generated so many millions of dollars in a pandemic last year, so I can only imagine. Do you give a fuck? You didn't even go in the pool this year. No, I didn't do the football pool this year. I don't – I mean, I, I, most years I don't care. Anyone who's a longtime listener of, of us knows I'm not that into it, but I will usually do the football pool. But this year, no, I'm not even going to do the football pool. I might do a hockey pool. But I'm not doing a football pool this year. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. We'll talk about Miss America in a second. Before we do, let's talk quickly about Miss America. They're now going to judge the contestants differently. It's not just about that hot body anymore. Ish. I mean, it kind of is and it kind of isn't. But apparently we're not looking for, for just the beauty anymore. So stupid, Scott. It's so stupid. So I think that we all know that they've been criticized for many, many years, but especially now uh, in the last several years, they've really been criticized for the way that they handle these 
beauty pageants and then they stopped calling themselves beauty pageants and they called themselves, you know, whatever, different, different things. And it depends on what pageant you're talking about. But specifically for Miss America, they say that, no, not a lot of details, but they say going forward, they will define women's wellness as being based on optimal health rather than physical appearance. Thank you. They're going to take her fucking blood pressure. Yeah, they're going to ask them to fill out a food and and, an exercise diary and hop on a treadmill. Let's see how you do. Let's see your heart rate. No, I don't really know. That's the that's the lack of details that we have. But I do know what they what the issue was is that you see someone and you go, oh wow, they are they're really health. They look healthy because they're thin, and that is not always. Well, it's not always no. the case, for sure. You can be thin and incredibly unhealthy, or yes. you can be a little overweight and pretty healthy. Yeah, exactly. So I think that's what they're going with. But in terms of details for what exactly that means, we don't have them. So I'm not sure if they're going to have to see a doctor before they go on stage for a physical. Like I have no idea, but they say that that's one of the changes that they're that is going to take place for the next pageant. The whole point of this was just to objectify women, right? Like, oh, check out this piece of ass right here. Oh, she's going to walk across the stage. You know, we're going to bring her back in a minute in a bathing suit. Check her out. Oh, spin around, darling, so we can see your bum. It was fucking ridiculous. Mm -hmm. It was stupid. And now they're going to switch it around with the same premise, just a different label on it. Okay, now it's not about uh, who's the most attractive. It's about who's the most healthy. Like, how detailed are we going to fucking get here? Like, are, are we going to take their blood pressure? Yeah. We're going to see how many squats they can do? How many push-ups or it, chin-ups? I feel like that's worse, right? I feel like they're only going to make it worse if they do that. I, and yes, I mean, to answer your question, that's really what it was. It was a, it started as a beauty pageant. Like, look, my country has the most beautiful women. Oh, my country does. You don't see a lot of male pageants. So yes, it was mainly about objectifying women. And as the years went on, they did change it slightly. Oh, now you have to have a talent, sweetie. So you have to be able to actually do something other than just stand there and wave. So then they introduced talents. And then it became um, a lot about schooling. They were interested to know what's your education level? What are your what are your hopes for the future? They tried to implement that to make it seem more relevant to like this is an all around perfect package. But you still have that appearance thing lingering. I just I think it's going to go away eventually. I really do. I think that that is going to go away. But for now, they're trying to salvage as little bit as they can with adding these little things in to make people feel it's though it's inclusive when really I don't think it is. And finally, something new to watch is coming to Netflix. You posted the trailer for this this morning and usually I discount that shit because I don't watch movies, but I might go out of my way to watch this movie. What is it called? Don't Look Up? Yeah, it's called Don't Look Up. And it's about a group of of people who found out that there's a comet heading towards Earth. So they actually have to do a media there's like a media circus involved because they have to let everybody know that this comedy is coming. But it's a comedy, people. So keep in mind, it's not a drama. It is a comedy. And Leo DiCaprio, Jonah Hill, it's very reminiscent to me as I watch it of, I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. What's the one with, there's a movie with Brad Pitt. Anyway, this is uh, by Adam McKay. He's the one that wrote it and he's the one that directed it. And the cast is outstanding. It does look funny. It's outrageous. Uh, with Jennifer Lawrence, uh, Jonah Hill, Meryl Streep, Leo DiCaprio, Tyler Perry, Timothy Chalamet, Ariana Grande even has an appearance in this one, Ron Perlman. Uh, apparently Chris Evans makes an appearance in this one too. So it truly is an all-star cast. And this was a big one for Netflix. This was one of their huge money droppers, as you can imagine. 
It comes out December 24th. But yeah, scottandcat.ca, if you guys want to see a trailer, it's up there. Um, Jonah Hill plays this really big asshole, and he works in the White House. So basically his character is a prick that kind of rolls his eyes at Leo DiCaprio, who's there with Jennifer Lawrence saying, you know, the sky is falling, guys. And Meryl Streep is the president, and they're just laughing at him. And Jonah says creating his character, I love this, is the grossest blast I've ever had on a set. He says this guy is like fire Festival, if that was a person. <laughs> and, then, and then they granted that person power in the White House. So I, I like it. I, I like it a lot. It looks really good. I'll definitely be watching that. I mean, it'll be, it'll be absolutely number one on Netflix for the entire holiday break, I, I'd imagine, this year. Listen, there's certain actors and actresses that when they take on a movie, you know it's good. They're very, very selective about the roles they play. They're selective about the scripts they participate in. They're just that good and that reputable that you can count on them to not do a bad movie. And when you get Meryl Streep and Leonardo DiCaprio in the same movie, you know it's going to be pretty fucking good. Scottandcat.ca if you want to see that trailer. Uh, Last thing is, and you can also find this on our website, it's a new report that came out yesterday. And again, nobody's talking about it, even though we're in the middle of an election campaign here. It was a report for the U.S. government that found solar power could power 40% of America in the next 15 years if America would get serious about solar power. Solar power is one of those really inexpensive things to do. I mean, I get that it's expensive to get the infrastructure set up, but once those panels are up, they do nothing but provide energy free from the sun. Doesn't interfere with migratory birds or anything. It's just there collecting the rays from the sun and powering up all the shit we need with little to no carbon emissions. So if that's the case, if they could power almost half of America, every single outlet in the country, every single vehicle, or sorry, every single building in the country, half of that power would come from the sun. What the fuck are we waiting for? Why don't they do it? Why don't we do it? Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's funny because last night that debate moderator during the French language debate said to, to Trudeau, you have never once hit your environmental targets. You're the prime minister and the leader of the Liberal Party of Canada. And not once have you hit one of your own targets. Yeah. If um, that's the case, why are we set spending billions on subsidies and propping up companies and a lot of that money goes to CEOs anyway. Why are we doing all that? Why don't they just give the money to the people and say, okay, Canada, we're done fucking around here. The oil sands aren't going anywhere for now. Yes, the pipeline's going to stay until we don't need it anymore. But everybody, every household gets 10 grand to put a solar panel on their roof. Go ahead, have at it. (laughs) That's expensive. But why wouldn't that That be just as good a use of the money that we're spending now on subsidies? Just give people the money and say... You know what? Here's your $10,000 environmental account. You can go ahead and use that and you can be all set up with solar panels on your roof. Yeah. Or you can put that towards the purchase of a, an electric vehicle or whatever. Everybody gets 10 grand to do something green. Here's the criteria. Go. Sure. Tell me what that wouldn't instantly reduce our emissions. Yeah. I mean, it, it would. But keep in mind, you're talking about homeowners, homeowners. If you're on, there's a lot of people who are renters that doesn't really does nothing for them. Maybe it'll change their bill a little bit, but what are the long term? What's the long term there for them? It doesn't help them make money through the month to pay all the other bills that they have to pay. 
So for homeowners, yeah, but that's not that's not the case in a lot of the cases where there are people struggling. So when it comes to the amount of money saved for individuals, I don't think you're doing much when it comes to the environment. Absolutely. So I'm here for it for environmental reasons. I think we need to start looking at stuff like this. It's very important. I love where we're going with electric vehicles. I can't wait to get my own one day and I will and I do plan to maybe even the next vehicle I own will be one. But I don't see that ever happening. Which one do you want? If I said, you know what, Kat, we're going to go car shopping today and you can pick any vehicle you want, but it's got to be electric. What would you choose? I mean, I would have said I would have said Tesla in, until all of the other models have come out and they look pretty good, too. And I would honestly rather wait. I am the type that does this with everything, by the way. Any t- time it comes to technology or cars, I wait on it and I see what other people are saying about it. But have you seen the actually the new the uh, the Kia no. The Kia EV6. So I was watching America's Got Talent and Simon Cowell was driving it. So here you go. I, that, by the way, that kind of shit works. This, this kind of endorsement works, people. But I was watching Simon Cowell drive this on America's Got Talent as part of an advertisement for it. And it actually looks really good. Nothing like you'd imagine a Kia to look like, first and foremost. I know they've changed. Quite recently, they've changed their look anyway. They even changed their logo. It looks very sleek now, I think. But the new electric Kia, actually, I was like, hmm, I'm intrigued. I really am. And it looks somewhat spacious. So although I would have said Tesla previous, I would probably shop, have to shop around. But it looks good. If you want to look it up, guys, Kia EV6 is what it's called. Get me a Tesla truck. I know some people look at them and think, ew, that looks fucking gross. It does. I trust Elon Give me a Tesla truck. I will drive the shit out of that and be emissions free. <laughs> why do you trust Elon? Because he's one of the first. Is that the only yeah. reason why? I mean, Tesla is the global standard. It is the world leader in that kind of technology. Right or wrong, they are. And I think that uh, if they're making a truck that they say has got all that towing power, then yeah, absolutely. But for me, I also just want a new truck. So I would also look at that new F-150. As long as the towing power is there, then yeah, I would absolutely drive an electric pickup truck. I don't need to be pumping out diesel or even regular unleaded just to, to feel like I've got an engine underneath me. Solar power, uh, battery power, whatever it is. I don't give a shit. I'll do it, though. I just F-150 or Tesla truck. That's what it is for me. And now we got to go because now we're really fucking late. Yeah, we got to go. I gotta go. <laughs> uh, tomorrow, Dave Blizzard is going to join us as he does every Friday. We will talk about the English language debate, which happens tonight. And continue to ask the question, where the fuck is Doug? Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> and... <laughs> Funny. Every time I play that, fuck you, Doug, I get DM. Yeah. Fuck you, Doug! No. <laughs> yeah. Have a good day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Hey. People here in the U.S. are now spending more time on TikTok than they are on YouTube. When they heard, your parents were like, oh, come on. We just figured out how to get on the YouTube. The host of the children's show Blue's Clues, Steve Burns, released a video in honor of its 25th anniversary. But this is weird. Just to remind everyone that Blue would be long dead by now. After taking a year off because of the pandemic, Macy's announced that the public will once again be able to attend the Thanksgiving Day Parade in New York City. That's right. People will quickly realize that standing for three hours in the freezing cold with their kids isn't the back to normal they've been missing. The flu is coming, and because we don't already have enough to worry about, doctors are warning that this flu season could be a miserable one. Which is shocking because flu season is usually the most wonderful time of the year. (laughs) 
The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.